Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur. We talk about the medical benefits of cannabis. My name is Jack Stone. I'm here with Mr. Ryan Chavez. What's going on, Ryan? Hello, hello, hello. Cannabis Connoisseurs, how is everybody today? We have a very special episode for everybody this evening, don't we, Jack? Oh, yeah, we got a really special guest today. He is a life and business coach, best-selling author of the Cannabis and Business Book, published in Entrepreneur, Forbes, International Business Times, founder of High New York, which is a, a cannabis education and networking event and opportunities for thousands of people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Michael Zetsif. Thank you. It's great to be here, guys. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we Michael, thanks for coming on the show. We, you got a ton of experience in, in a lot of different things in business and, and cannabis, obviously, and stigmas. And so there's a lot of different topics that we want to be talking about with you because this show, yeah. as we know, is all about erasing the stigma of cannabis and because there's so many awesome, awesome applications that, that we can be you know, applying towards cannabis. And you've done a lot of really cool things. Uh, all the things that Jack just mentioned. Um, and so I'm sure we're going to go into a lot of that because there's a lot of high accolades there. But um, no, definitely we want to thank you for being on the show, Mike. Uh, looking forward to picking your brain here in a lot of different things. And um, just would love to kind of get some of your background here and uh, just uh, learn a little bit about the book. I know that's a big thing for you and uh, everything cannabis. So thank you for coming on. Yeah. Again, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And so background, where do I begin? I, I like to go, you know, I like to joke that it's my destiny to be doing this cannabis work. And I say that because my, my family immigrated to America on 420 when I was a baby. And so That's perfect. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. because for, for <laughs> years we would celebrate this like coming to America day. And wow. when I was of cannabis consuming age, we, we would celebrate by having a big family dinner. So I would show up and I would just be like so happy and be like, yeah, God bless America. Like, let's eat. <laughs> and my parents would be like, why are you so happy and so hungry? And I, I would obviously I would be really stoned for these dinners. And yeah, of course, my, my favorite day of the year for many, many reasons. <laughs> um, yeah. So super festive. You had to tell him just really <laughs> exactly. into the holiday. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a USA number one, so, especially so on 420. <laughs> was that like really a thing? Cause that like, like, was that like one of the reasons like when you got old enough for you, did that really drive you think to really become interested in cannabis? I mean, no, like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. For some people, those are like triggers, you know, when you're younger. So, you know, it's, it, it was, uh, it, it was a coincidence. It was a funny coincidence, but it, I do think that there are no coincidences. So for me, it really is something that I'm like, it, it's just too, too good to be true, but it's true. And I was just a baby. I was like a year old. So, yeah. but anyway, so I, I joke that it's my destiny and, you know, and I'm not really joking. Cause I, I think, I think it is true. And so for the past six years, I've been working to help educate people about cannabis and to help challenge the cannabis stigma and also to inspire people who are passionate about cannabis and, and its many virtues to get involved and to do something, whether that's in business through entrepreneurship 
or if that's just through advocacy and activism, because, you know, one thing I've learned over these past few years is that there's still very much a long fight ahead of us mm -hmm. to yep. undo the harms and injustices of cannabis prohibition. And we need all hands on deck. So yeah, that, that's a yep. little about, about me. And I've done that in a, a number of ways, mostly small ways. And, you know, I'm just like, just like everyone else, I'm just trying to be a good cannabis citizen. So yeah, awesome. absolutely. So you kind Absolutely. of just that's brought a, up the, sig the, the stigma of, of cannabis, mm -hmm. like, and, and I know you did the TED Talk, which is real, dude, that was awesome, with all of the facts you. that you had. Um, you. Do you feel like this, the, the stigma is, like, today, do you feel like it is starting to change from the past? <laughs> we can, do, we can, we can go back and cut it. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. A, I got the, that water just killed me. I was going to say, <laughs> does that tube. water have a bong yeah. head involved in yeah. it also? What's going, what's going on there? It's one of those over there. trick water bottles. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wow. That's perfect timing. I, <laughs> to answer the question, I do think there's been a lot of progress made as far as the stigma. And I think, you know, I think that's evident in, in a couple of ways, mostly that everyone and their mom quite literally feels comfortable talking about cannabis. Mm -hmm. And that might not sound like a big deal, but when I first started doing cannabis education and networking events in New York, people were afraid to even talk about it. Like I would invite people who I knew loved cannabis, who used it regularly, who, you know, valued it and thought it was important. And they were scared to, to, to be anywhere close to public about talking about it. And now it's, I, I feel like it's become so common and so ubiquitous that everyone sees it in the news all the time and on TV and everyone knows someone who consumes it. So I, I do think it's become more normalized. And at the same time, I still think there's still a very big institutional anti-cannabis bias. And I think it's going to take at least a generation, if not more, to, to really get rid of that. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that um, yeah, especially, uh, I, I, you know, I feel like the tide has been changing a lot recently. Mm -hmm. Like the past 10 years, I feel like it's been pretty dramatic, but we have like a lot of strongholds, you know, that just, especially, I mean, that's just even here in the country, but I guess when you look globally, I mean, I, there seems to be probably a lot, you know, more we have to go to uh, in that respect, you know, just coming out of my bubble here, my bubble of the United States and New York even which is more liberal than others. Um, not as liberal as I would like it to be, but, you know, liberal enough. <laughs> um, now, Mike, I want, we wanted to ask you also about um, your book, yeah. right? You have, now, you've had, you've had a few of these, I, I believe. Uh, well, you, you have the book that came out recently, The Cannabis Business Book. And, right. uh, oh, yes, there it, there it is. There it is. Yes. Uh, 
I mean, you cannot, I mean, if you want to, it's a great title. It's like, I would imagine exactly what it, what it says, but can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, the, just what kind of drove you to do it and what that involves and all that, what that involves and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, this is my, my second book. My first one I yeah. did in 2016, which was really an experiment. Like I had no idea if anyone would ever read the thing, if it would, you know, be worth anything. Um, and I kind of didn't know much of what I was doing, but I figured, hey, people keep asking me the same questions over and over again. And I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over again. I'm just going to write it down. Nice. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and I, I thought it was it would be cool to write a book, and I you know I love books, I love re <laughs> I love reading. It's like the yeah. old Ali G or Borat joke where he's like, people have been reading books for thousands of years, and now thanks to new technology, they can write them too. <laughs> and, and so that you know that inspired me to pick up the pen. Um, so so Ali G, so good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a mentor, a, a role model. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. basically, you know, the, the, the impetus for the book originally was, uh, you know, there were no resources really for aspiring cannabis entrepreneurs and investors, employees, people who wanted to get into the industry. There was really very little information out there about it. And so I, I saw that as an opportunity to, to create something valuable. And so that's what I set out to do with the first book. And the second book, the Cannabis Business Book, which released earlier this year, you know, that was like a real, it is a real book. The first one was really an experiment, but this one, you know, in the four years in between writing the first and the second book, not only did I amass a bunch of experience, but also, you know, I, I felt that I could really lend my voice and my experiences and use that to to share with people because in the first book there's really very little of my experience and my thoughts and opinions and this book has much more of that but the premise is like i'm far from the expert but i've been very mm -hmm. fortunate to meet and learn and collaborate with a lot of the a lot of the people who are the pioneers of this industry so what i did for this book is i interviewed 50 cannabis industry leaders from across all parts of the, the cannabis economy, um, investors, entrepreneurs, researchers, doctors, lawyers, all, all parts of the cannabis ecosystem. And I basically asked all of them, what does it take to succeed in this industry? And I asked all of them, you know, the same, I think it was 10 questions and mm -hmm. basically uh, synthesized information uh, compiled it and said, look, this is what the people who have been pioneering this space believe. And here's my experience on top of that and what I've seen personally. And, you know, with all that, I, I, I really tried to put together what was like the think and grow rich of cannabis, which is mm -hmm. like, you're not going to read this book and learn, you know, the ins and outs of how to start a grow or a dispensary, which is like what everyone asks there. How do I do that? But really, yeah. it's much more about what I believe are the foundational values and principles and, and really the mindset that someone has to bring into this industry if they want to have a chance at succeeding. Right. Because, you know, it's a really, really competitive, 
difficult industry. It's not, it's not money just grows on trees, you know, it's, right. it's very complicated and constantly evolving. So really the, the goal was to put out a resource that could help people take the first step and at least give them an idea of what am I getting myself into? Is this really for me? What are some of the biggest mistakes I can avoid? And who are the people that are really doing it? And what can I learn from that? So that's that's the book in a nutshell. And it's, it's on Amazon.com, the cannabis it, business it, book. Yeah, so. It sounds like everything we need nowadays, just gathering information from people that like actually know what they're talking about, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that that's awesome. And, and curious, like you talked about mindset. Um, we talk about that a lot of times here too. Uh, like, what were you finding? Like what, I mean, I'm sure I'm assuming like it, it's a, it's a tough business environment. So what was the mind, like resilience, uh, I would imagine is a big one, uh, you know, or just a lot of obstacle climbing that you'd have to, you know, hoop jumping <laughs> with all the different things legally that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, just curious what some of those that you may have come across or maybe a general trend that you're seeing. Absolutely. And I actually have a whole chapter in the book that's like I bet you do the because the, <laughs> I because I asked everyone, I asked each of these 50 people, what are the characteristics that an entrepreneur must have to succeed in this industry? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I asked 50 people and I asked more who aren't in the book, just folks that I've interviewed and met over the years. And I, I got the top 10, but by far number one. And you nailed it is resilience because this yeah. industry is going to knock you on your ass many times. And, and really the person who's going to succeed is going to be the person who, who gets back up and keeps working and keeps trying and doesn't give up and doesn't quit. So definitely, well, you know, whether they called it grit or toughness or resilience, that was by far the number one characteristic people identified as necessary to succeed in the cannabis business. And I'm sure it's true for business in general, but it's yeah. especially true in the cannabis business. Uh, you know, I was just, just going to say that. Yeah. Did you, was you of say, all the people that you interviewed, these 50 people, was there like any really like intense stories or like a story that you could think of? They're like, wow, just, it just like blew you away when you were interviewing. Oh man. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of, the, so I, I can't pick just one, but I, I will share that one of my favorite parts of the process was just being able to hear the journeys of all these entrepreneurs and how, you know, most of these people never expected to be where they are. Mm. And they, they kind of, it all started as like, yeah, I loved cannabis or yeah, I was a patient or, or, you know, this and that. Um, but one thing, you know, it's not, not a story per se, but there's a quote and I, I don't have the quote offhand, but there's a woman, Chanel Lindsay, who was an attorney and she is the founder of a company called Ardent Cannabis. And they make a, a device that decarboxylates cannabis so people can make their own uh, oils or butters or infusions mm. at home really simply. Wow. And, you know, she started out as, as a medical patient and she just needed to make like safe quality edibles. So she had this need. And so, you know, she realized that other people have this need as well. 
and she created this device and became successful selling it. And on top of that, as an attorney, uh, she had a background in how the law works. So she became an advocate and lo and behold, a few years later, you know, now she's on the, I don't know the exact name of it, but the, the Massachusetts cannabis regulatory body. Yeah. Now she's helping to shape the laws of the cannabis program in Massachusetts. And one thing that she said to me, which really is like in a nutshell, one of my core messages of the book is that one person can make such a huge difference in this industry and in this community. And she, you know, she said, like, as she told me her story, she was like, I didn't know that I was capable of this and that I could have this kind of impact. And that really resonated with me because when I started doing this thing, you know, six years ago, putting these events together, it was just a fun adventure, like side project, because I loved weed and I wanted to learn more about <laughs> it. And, you know, if you would have told me back then that I would write two books and do a TED Talk and, you know, write articles and educate thousands of people about cannabis, I would have laughed at you, you know, quite frankly, I would have said, yeah, that's, that's cool. What are you smoking on? Um, but, but I've, I, I've now seen it firsthand so many times. And to me, that's one of my biggest messages in the book for people is like, if you have the passion and you put the energy and time into it, it's still, I don't want to say the wild west, but it's still so nascent that, you know, one person can make a tremendous difference. And really, there's no telling until you try, until you start, you're not going to know if, if you're going to be that person and how many lives you can reach. So I, I think that that's yeah. a story that, that I always remember, even when I'm kind of questioning, you know, as, as happens time and time, when I get knocked on my ass, I'm like, man, like, what am I doing here? I remember, wait a second, like, you know, take the, yeah. take the long route, you know, take the long term approach here. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I think that cannabis can really lead to activism at the end of the day, like for a lot of people that normally typically weren't into it activism in general political activism because you know when people realize that like like myself my story was like i, I mean cannabis changed my life at the end of the day probably absolutely for the better <laughs> probably for the better absolutely for the better otherwise wouldn't be doing this but like you know once i once i realized that i, I became more active and more involved in, in the political side of things as well um so i think that absolutely like you know like just it, it really has that side where it brings people out in, into the, the political side of, of cannabis as well. And just, I think overall, like after that, I started getting more involved in, in politics in general, just, just, you know, wanting to learn more about that stuff. So it's really interesting. I think how cannabis can do that and how I think it's done that and the influence it can have on a lot of people, because so many people like myself, just because they've seen the change that, that has gone, that has happened with me, you know, they, they, they started trying it for themselves for similar reasons and they've had positive changes. And so they go out and spread it for Cause when you believe it, right, then you can spread it. And when you don't believe it and you don't buy into it, people, you know, they won't, nothing will work. You can't spread that message effectively. So that's what I think it is, is when so many people actually strongly believe in cannabis because they've seen it for themselves, how positively it can influence them or their loved one. I think that's why people, you know, really dig into it like that politically, it seems. And thank God, because <laughs> we, yeah. we need it. Yeah. You no, know, I, I had the same exact experience where 
I had zero interest or knowledge of how government yep. works and politics and civic engagement. Yep. And I grew up yep. in a Soviet household with a very healthy distrust of government. And I always kind of viewed it like politics as some icky thing. And cannabis was really my gateway into learning about how that works and civic engagement and the importance of advocacy. And I, I've since seen so many people go through that experience where they're passionate about cannabis. They start learning yeah. about, you know, how things work and how laws get changed and how, you know, regulations get crafted and that whole thing. They start engaging with the system and then they realize, wait a second, there's all these other issues that I care about that I also want to influence and, and have my voice uh, matter. And so I, I think, you know, I think a lot of people have that experience. And for a while, I, I was really trying to facilitate that experience through high NY and to show people that, you know, once you get these these skills for advocacy or activism, you could use that for whatever you like. And, and I think it's more important now than ever that people actually engage and, and make our elected officials accountable and actually do their job and take care of the community because, you know, there's yeah. no shortage of things that are messed up right now. And, and it seems like, you know, people are starting to, 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 I don't want to say care, but they're starting to do something about it. Cause I think people care, but yeah. you know, unfortunately the way our system works is like, it's hard to change things Yeah, and we need yeah. a lot of people. And I always say, you know, uh, change is going to come from the ground up. So, you know, us little guys, the grassroots, we have to get together and, and take a stand and, so mm -hmm. I, I think cannabis is a great entry point for previously, I guess, disinterested people to, to realize, wait a second, I can, I need to be an activist. And, and as a quick side note, I'll add that the best cannabis activists I know, the most effective ones are all veterans, all ex-military. Really? Yeah. Cause they know they get shit done and they're organized and, and they are just, driven because you know particularly in, yeah. in in their population veterans and ptsd and yeah. all all the pain and suffering that that those folks have to deal with to not have access to cannabis and to not have the government support that and to limit their to have their freedom limited from what they know is safe good medicine when they went and fought for our country it, it's just like they yeah. Don't put up with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they shouldn't. No, <laughs> thank God <laughs> they're out there doing Seriously. that. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Yes. No, that's, uh, no, that's, that, that's, um, no, activism is something for sure. I think, you know, it's definitely once people get selfish and they're like, wait a minute, I want this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and with the cannabis, like that's how it gets in. But like, like I always say, like, you know, better, better they get started at the end of the day. And, uh, um, you mentioned, What's that, Sorry, what you I was just going to add one, one, one big piece of yeah. my, my ideology or philosophy. And I put, I have a whole, a whole other chapter about this in the book, 
which is I'm going to plug the book every chance I get. Just just spoiler alert for for anyone listening or watching. But I, <laughs> I have a, a whole chapter. It's activism mandatory. If you want to be in this industry, if you want to be making money off of cannabis, then you have a moral obligation to contribute towards activism and not just, you know, like yep. nonsense crony activism of let's get this law passed so that my business can be in a favorable situation. No, fuck that. But that the real work necessary to make sure that all the people who are incarcerated right now for cannabis offenses, that they all get their freedom back and that all the communities that were disproportionately harmed by cannabis prohibition get some kind of restitution and some kind of stake in all this wealth that's being created right now, you know, and so that we get medical research and that cannabis is used to protect the environment or hemp is used to protect the environment in all the ways that that's possible. If you're not advocating for that, if that's not Mm -hmm. front and center of what drives you to be in this industry, then you're don't be in this industry. You have no business being in this industry. And I mean, look, can you still make money? Yes, possibly, of course. Will will the industry embrace you? Will the community embrace you? Will the the legacy operators and old timers embrace you? No. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's uh. You know that. Yeah. Absolutely. We and I and then we mentioned something. And I'm wondering if you guys um talk about this too. And I mean, I'm sure you go over this. High New York. Because that's a, a group that we didn't talk about this yet, but Jack mentioned it in the beginning. Um, if you can just kind of mention, a l- go over a little bit about High New York and, and uh, what you guys do there. I'd love to talk about that a bit. Yeah, sure. So right now we are on, on full quarantine mode. No events happening in New right. York City for us, which is yep. a gift and a curse. Um, but for the last five years, years, maybe six, depending on how you count it. Um, I've been producing almost monthly education and networking events. So I would bring Mm -hmm. in people from across the cannabis community, whether that's entrepreneurs, investors, doctors, advocates, activists, elected officials. um, And and we would just have uh, either panels or conversations about some cannabis topic. And really, for me, that was more of an excuse to just get people together in the room and to Mm -hmm. see that, hey, here's a room of 100 plus New Yorkers. And, you know, the thing I loved most about it is the crowd was always so diverse. It was like, it was basically like riding the subway. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would see anyone and everyone and the common thread was cannabis. And that just, you know, awesome. lit my heart up. But but what's more important is that they would all come and see each other and, and meet and, and realize, oh, you know, I'm not the only one who's interested in this. Or, oh, look, there's a yeah. doctor here who's interested in this. Or, you know, and, and for me, I've realized years ago that it's important for people to have that real human connection and interaction around it because that's what normalizes it. And that's what gives, Mm -hmm. you know, the community, the people who actually really care the courage 
to to talk to their family member or talk to their coworker or talk to their friends and 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 speak yeah. up and 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 also share you know like though I was always like trying to get my people at the events to go and become educators and to go and and tell others hey like you don't know you don't care about cannabis you like you're messing up this is a huge issue that affects all of us and you need to be informed that that was always kind of my mo so you know for years that's what i would do is put together these these events and bring in you know really smart uh people to come educate the community and unfortunately thanks to covid you know yeah. I, I don't know when the next time i'm going to put 100 people in a room together you know i don't think i want to be in that uh. room right now so <laughs> you know, <laughs> right i guess we will see um so i don't know that's that's the state that's of so interesting though right that's now. i mean that's yeah but that's like that i mean that's what's needed right like exactly like you said like bringing all those people together so it's great that you know you're you're doing that the story is coming together i don't know why it ran through my mind and maybe just because you live in brooklyn too but it reminds me of high maintenance where like the show where like he like the like the early seasons where like he's going to these different stories and somehow they all connect at the end it's kind of like but you know, you do with the, the meeting there, maybe very long stretch anyways. <laughs> so, no, I have do, you want, great, do you know that show at all? I, I love the show and I have a great story yeah. about Ben Sinclair, the guy. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, it was like, it must have been, I, I, I want to guess like 2017, maybe 2016. I don't think they were even on HBO yet. Um, and yeah. I, I'm like, on the subway at, I want to say I'm like at union square. I don't remember exactly. And I'm just waiting for the train. I'm on the platform and I, I literally have like high and wide postcards in my book bag. And I was just like handing them out somewhere. And I see him on the subway platform and I come up to him and I'm like, dude, like you're the guy, like, I love your show. I, 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 I do these cannabis events. I have a cannabis, New York City Cannabis Film Festival. I would love for you to check it out. Blah 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 blah. And I just like give him a card, and he was like, "Dude, that's awesome! Great!" Like he was a super nice, friendly guy. And then I was just like, "Wow, what are the odds?" You know? But uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, small have, small city, I, have, I guess. Yeah, or, or big right. city, small world. You know? Exactly. I had I had one run in with him as well. I was in uh, Brooklyn downtown there, actually this year, about six months ago. He was filming. Or, uh, in the sp- or in the spring, I think it was. And that's where I saw him riding the bike there. But I didn't have a run-in like you did. I wasn't able to say anything. He was filming. So <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, Jack, did you have any questions? Any uh, additional? I know you had a few other additional no, questions. I'm, well, we're getting close to the end here. So I just have one final question. Uh, where do you see the, the cannabis industry in the next 10 years? Like, where do you see yourself there? Oh, man. That's a tough question. I know, you never know with every year, but just, you know, if everything yeah. goes, you know, smooth <laughs> and things start going back, there's a vaccine. <laughs> I, I would love to be in 10 years. I would love to be retired and pursuing comedy full time. That's, you know, but uh, yeah, that, that's wow. a half, half comedy. Joke. That is like <laughs> it's a half joke. I, I joke that my business is a joke. So, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being that's silly. A tough I, business. Yeah, I think 10 years from now, hmm, I think, you know, I'm hoping that 
10 years from now, New York will have finally gone adult use legal and would be a thriving cannabis, legal cannabis market. And that by then, you know, if I, you know, if, if I had a genie in a lamp that could grant me, (laughs) uh, you know, some wishes, I would love to like by then if, if high and why was the seamless of weed in New York, and it was like the delivery app. And I could just get, you know, like a, a small royalty on every sale. I would be a very happy amazing. guy. Wow. <laughs> that yeah, that's said, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to happen quite yet. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that's, that's really, I'm still looking for that genie. Um, yeah. If not, you know, I think. I'll tell you one thing that I can see myself doing in 10 years is I'll definitely still be educating people and doing cannabis media because I think there's going to be a need for that for a very long time. And what I think we'll see in 10 years that I'm excited about is I think there's going to be cannabis assisted therapy where I, I think right now there's a lot of like news or headlines and excitement about you know, psilocybin MDMA assisted therapy, which is great. I'm all for that. I think that's wonderful. I think we need that. I think there should be more research and all that. However, I think people are missing a step, which is cannabis assisted therapy. And I think, I think there's an opportunity for, you know, cannabis facilitates healing. And I think a lot of people you know, kind of intuitively know that and have found ways to use it for to self medicate and to self soothe. But I, I don't believe anyone has like a really great process of how to integrate that into existing, you know, therapeutic modalities, or at least some of them. So I can imagine cannabis being part of physical therapy, as well as like social emotional talk therapy. And that that's exciting for me. I'd be curious to 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 potentially play in that space. Um, I imagine ten years from now, I probably as like be, a consultant. You know, as like I, a consultant, I, I would maybe I, I I would maybe do you know some I won't call it therapy because I don't have a license, but but coaching right. some kind of you know personal development, personal growth and healing trauma healing related work with cannabis i i I could totally see myself doing that i i I will almost certainly be advising startups and cannabis businesses uh and also probably non-cannabis businesses on how to how to deal with or or communicate with the cannabis consumer or the cannabis community um What else? I'll probably have like three more books written by then. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. What else? I, I think that last one's a big one, like how to communicate with the cannabis community for non-cannabis businesses. So cannabis businesses are going to obviously like be trying to figure all this stuff out. But I think the big shocker when, for whatever reason, I don't know why it's going to be a shock because we all know it's coming. But um, just when it goes legal, right? Like these these non-cannabis businesses figure just exactly what you said, trying to figure all those different you know ways out how they're going to deal with different scenarios whatever comes their way so I, I think that's really interesting i've thought about that a lot too yeah. yeah yeah and the industry itself i think you know this might sound crazy but i think 10 years from now will still be 
maybe in like the early stages of whatever that evolution of the industry is. Because, you know, if, if you asked me, I, I bet if I asked the 50 people in my book, do you think we'll see uh, cannabis legalized federally in the next decade? My guess is less than half would say yes. Mm, wow. If that. Really? I, I, I would guess Man. the majority would say no. That's my guess. I could be totally wrong, yeah. but I don't... But I, know. I believe you, though. I believe you, though, but it's just crazy. It's just like, it's crazy that... It, we always feel like we're so close, but obviously a lot of high people up there don't feel that way. Yeah, and there's, there's people who've been fighting the good fight for literally yeah. 40, 50 years. And so, you know, I think... I think it's very unpredictable. There's still lots of risks. And, you know, one thing that I, I think is, let's say even if we did get federal legalization in the next decade, what does that mean for all these state systems? You know, are, they, are their models gonna become irrelevant overnight? That's possible. And then what happens, let's say we get to, to federal, and we can have interstate commerce. Well, then, mm -hmm. does that open the door for like significant international trade, which is slowly yeah. happening? You know, there's countries in Europe and the Caribbean and Canada all doing international trade, and South America is coming online. You know, is the US just going to miss out on all that action? Or are we going to get involved eventually? And if so, what does that mean for, for the laws? So I think yeah. 10 years from now, this industry will look so drastically different from what it is today that it's almost going to be a different industry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the truth is, you know, it's possible I could be out of business by then. I doubt it though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think you're, I don't think that's going anywhere. So no, I think, I think you're going the other way. If anything, I think so too. I hope so. <laughs> higher and higher. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Hey, there it is. Mike, real quick, uh, I know we got to get going here, but what is it? Could, do you have a favorite strain? I like to ask people this to come on the show. And if so, do you mind sharing or do you not no, have a favorite strain? I've never met a strain I don't like. I haven't met one yet. There's a couple, nice. you know, I like, I'll tell you, I'll give you like my classic New York answer, which is like, I, I love sour diesel. But, you know, yep. that's boring. There it is. That's, that's <laughs> kind of boring. I'll, I'll, I, I mean, I like a lot of them, man. I like... You know, Trainwreck is a favorite. Um, Great one. Yeah. Jack Herrera. I, should, yeah, I, yeah. I still don't know how to say his name right. Yeah. Shame on that's me. Right. I always mess it up. All right, good. Um, yeah. You know, I was a fan of Girl Scout cookies mm. before it, like, spawned all these derivatives that, like, yeah. you know. I, I'm not cool yeah. anymore. I don't remember. I, like, I don't know what, like, the cool new thing is. I, I, I just get, you know... I, I know. I that. think that is cool, though. I think it's cool. <laughs> you, you know your stuff. Right? That is cool to not know the cool new stuff. Oh, nice! All like right. Driving the old, driving the old classic cars. You know, you got all, you know them all. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I like, I, I like, I like them all, man. If it if it's grown, this is what I say. If yeah. it was grown in a safe, clean, quality way, the plant always treats me well. You know, I always enjoy and. Yeah, as as long as I, I think it's important for everyone to 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 know how what it means to consume responsibly and to to be safe and to know that you know there's this thing called the minimum effective dose 
And for most people, yes. you know, I, I like to joke, this is, oh man, this is, I shouldn't say this, but I like to joke that, you know, like most of the time, one hit will do the trick. You know, like if I, if I'm just like on the binary scale, like if I'm yeah. sober and I have one hit of any quality, decent cannabis, I feel yeah. it. You know, if I, if I yeah. wait the five, 10 minutes or whatever, I feel it. So I think a lot of people overconsume, and mm -hmm. I know for many years, I certainly did. And yeah. I think I for a long time, I believed it was without a cost or without repercussion. And now that I'm a little more educated, I've realized that that's just not true. And that, you know, I, I've tried to, over the last few years, cultivate uh, more of a intentionality around my consumption. And in particular, when yeah. I met folks who, you know, unlike me, um, people who came from a, a tradition of plant medicine or, or cannabis as, as a sacred healing plant, and the type of respect and, and approach that they had towards the plant made me really kind of think about my behavior and, and reflect on you know, mm. uh, a little bit of my, my sometimes excessiveness and, and really understand that, oh, I don't, I don't think that's right. And so now I, I try yeah. to be a lot more intentional and, and use the plant for, you know, for a, spe for a specific and necessary purpose rather than, you know, just for shits and giggles. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, I certainly, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you sound like a guy on our show that should be on our show because that's what we're all about here in the cannabis connoisseur is intentional cannabis use. So that's that's a good thing I'd say, <laughs> Mike. Excellent. If that's how you're using it. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I no, that's perfect. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. No, I don't want to come off as a square, times. you know. <laughs> No, but it's like, no, absolutely right, right. But I think it's like so many people, that's how you get this, the problem is, that's how the stereotype stoner, you know, we got to get rid of that because it's those guys, right, that, you know, when we're doing it the other way, they're, they're so, I've, you know, like, the benefits for me have been amazing, benefits for Jack, I know as well, you're yourself. So that's, that's the word that has to be coming out of, of all of this is what it can do, you know, positively moving forward. So, yeah, definitely. But... Well, listen, uh, Mike, thank you so much for all of your... Jack, anything else you wanted to add here? Or... Oh, where, where can we find you, Mike? Oh, yeah, yes. Yes, I'm at HiMikeZ, H-I-MikeZ.com or at HiMikeZ on the gram or the, the Twitters. Um, although I'm not so active on social media, it's kind of a, a pain in the ass yeah um but yeah. hi mike z oh and also of course i have a podcast as well which is the cannabis business coach podcast and i put out new episodes every thursday where i'm interviewing and coaching some of the highest performers in the cannabis industry and it's a grand old time i i would invite anyone to to tune in and check it out and you know, if you like what you hear, uh, send me an email. Let me know. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, definitely make sure we check out the podcast. Make sure you check out the uh, the book, the Cannabis Business Book, uh, out by Mike Z. Mike, we have that uh, an image of that again. There it is. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Cannabis Business Book, perfect. The there it is. Make sure you check it out. You check out the links, and we'll put them on the show notes as well. Everything, you can find it there. Mike, thank you so much again. Awesome, awesome for having you. This has been a really amazing conversation. Our, our listeners are going to really get a lot out of this. Um, so can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for the opportunity, and thank you for having this show and for challenging the stigma. And, you know, I, I, I like to say that the media was a big culprit in creating the stigma and and making all that anti-cannabis propaganda. And the solution has to be close to the problem. So you guys are part of the solution using this platform to help change the world and let people know about the benefits and value of cannabis. So thank you. I appreciate you for doing this. Awesome. And thank you all for out there as well. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening in. And you guys can also be a positive change in the world, just as Mike Z was saying here. When you share, you like, so you subscribe. And uh, with all your loved ones and anybody else who you think could be positively influenced by uh, the information that you guys heard here today. So again, we want to thank you all for coming on another awesome episode of the Cannabis Tennis Year podcast. We are going to see you guys here again next week uh, with some cool stuff that Jack and I are going to be putting together. We want to thank Mike Z again. And we will see you all here next week on the Cannabis Connoisseur. Have a good one, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows? Maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.